In this episode, my friend Mike and I discuss his experience with the infinite banking concept. We discuss becoming your own banker in general, and we had so much fun doing it, we went long. So we're going to cut this into two parts. This is part one. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nethery, and I'm here today with my friend Mike. He uh, has graciously accepted the invitation to come and visit with us. Drove about an hour and a half to get here. We're 20 miles south of Fort Worth. Um, so thank you for driving down, Mike. And I'm excited that you're here, and I'm excited to uh, for you to share with us and for the listener to know who you are and what you've done and you know your journey this, with this infinite banking concept. Sure, glad to be here, James. So, um, you know, we've just chatted maybe five or 10 minutes prior to turning the camera on. So this is completely unscripted. Um, We hadn't had a prior conversation about what we're going to talk about. But you know what? We don't have to because, um, I mean, we don't have to to script things out and all of that because really we're just having a casual conversation about the infinite banking concept and his experience. And, uh, you know, we invite you, the listener, to to listen Mm -hmm. so well with that mike um i think you've been practicing this for about coming up on six years i do know that and so just share with us kind of who you are how you you know became exposed to this idea and the whole thought process see i think that whether you're new newly exposed to the idea of becoming your own banker or you've been practicing the concept and implementing it in your life you know for multiple of years I think it's invaluable to hear other people's thought process. So, sure. So we met, you know, like like you mentioned, I've been doing this now for about six years. We met, you know, a couple of months before that. I think six months before that at a at a real estate conference, which was actually one of the first times that I'd actually been to a large real estate conference to learn, mm-hmm. you know, to just learn in general about different ways to look at at money and wealth. Right. So, um, my better half and I, we. Uh, prior to to going to that conference, we had gone to to Europe and had spent some time, you know, on a vacation out there and kind of saw how they they looked at work and how they looked at you know money and that kind of thing. And, and well, wait, really, where'd you go? I love travel. Oh, so <laughs> we actually went to six different countries. We went to we went we went through uh, Great Britain. We went to France, Spain, uh, Belgium. We went to Amsterdam and then we went to Italy. Um, and spent a lot of time and you know talking to a lot of the, the local folks talking you know uh with with you know and and just really kind of getting that feel of you know the differences in how they view work and life and you know everybody talks about work-life balance and all that kind of stuff and where you where you're here in america we really um you know we live to work whereas they work to live so that uh, they they have a very different view on on what they need from a you know from a, a uh, kind of a generational wealth perspective and from a you know how they how they live their lives so they take a lot more vacations they do a lot more travel and things of that nature so at that time they eat better too <laughs> they eat better too uh, they had some amazing meals in uh in in uh in in not in belgium <laughs> well actually some decent stuff in belgium um but one of the best meals i ever had was in was in spain and i think it's you know it was one of these where they cooked it in a 300 year old oven and yeah. you know that kind of stuff and it was it was amazing but really came back from that trip with a with a 
with really a different mindset. So she and I, you know, we have very stressful jobs. We still have very stressful jobs and, and we spend a lot of time in our in our work life and can our I, career can life. Can I ask what you do? We're, we're both in the medical field. Okay. Um, I'm specifically in the pharmacy claims side of things. So I, I spend a lot of time helping members and pharmacies, you know, uh, with with the benefits that they think. Can I get some hydroxychloroquine? No. Okay. Unfortunately, I'm not on that side anymore. How about, how about ivermectin? <laughs> do I need to go to the food store for that? I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so very, you know, from a career perspective, we, we have a, you know, We've, we've been very focused on our career, very focused on, you know, that, that life. So taking that vacation and coming back really changed our minds of how we want to live. You know, and we started putting together, you know, kind of thinking about, well, what does retirement look like for us? I mean, we're, we're in our 40s. Um, we're looking at, you know, are we where we want to be? Do we have the, the tools in place? Those kind of things. So, and at the end of the realization, I think a lot of us get to this realization is, well, number one, the 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 401k isn't isn't going to get us there. Um, we have some savings, you know, from that perspective that that's you know that that's out there, but it's but we need some we needed something else. So that's why I went to this you know kind of went to this real estate conference. Started you because know, I you hear everywhere real estate's the way to make a lot of money and you yeah. know <laughs> easy to get to retirement and all that kind of stuff. Um, and it, it makes more millionaires than everything else. So went to a conference, learned, you know, sat through a lot of different presentations. Um, one of the presentations that I sat through was this one around infinite banking, which you hosted. Um, Thanks for sitting through it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it was one of your, your kind of earlier presentations um, because it, you know, at, but as I was sitting there listening to it, there were certain things that started to resonate with, with the idea of, well, number one, being in control and, and not having, you know, and building something that you have control that you can pass on generationally. Mm -hmm. um, and if you teach your children and your grandchildren um, how to, you know, how to utilize the, the concepts, like it can be passed on for generations after generations. That, that really resonated. The, the idea of having a system or, or a way that you could put money into something and then still utilize that money and the, the system still thinks that the money's there was is kind of an interesting concept because there's not mo many things outside of, you know, kind of like home equity or things like that where it builds value that you can you can access in different ways. Um, so that really resonated. And then it it kind of fit into our overall our overall plan. So when we came back from Europe, we started looking at a 10 year plan. That was our 10 year. So we said, OK. We love what we do from a career perspective. We and I, even today, I mean, I have a very stressful jobs. Still love what I do, but in ten years, can I be in a place where if I want to walk away from corporate America, can I walk away from corporate America? And that was kind of the goal. Was was okay. What do we need to get set up? What do we need to look at? What tools do we need to put in place in order to, you know, have that ultimate goal that. If we want to go work for ourselves, we're comfortable to work for ourselves. If we want to step away from corporate America, we can do that. We're not going to probably ultimately retire because we're still young and able to work and that kind of stuff and like to work. But what does it look like for us for that 10-year journey? And I, when, we, when we started looking at that, we started looking at different tools. And I have a, what I call my, my chess versus checkers type 
way of looking at finances. The, the, the checkers kind of stuff is the short term, easy to make moves. So like, and I put kind of debt, like consolidating debt, paying down debt, things of that nature that are short term things in kind of that chess or in that checkers type, you know, can we, can we call the, the, you know, the phone company and lower this bill? Can we lower the cable bill? Pretty Those, simple. The simple, easy stuff, yeah. right? Then I have my things that I call the chess moves, which are the bigger long-term that, that require, require a commitment. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I look at the infinite banking concept as being one of these chess moves. So it's one of these things. It's a foundational component of our financial plan and, and, our, reti- and our, our 10-year plan. But it is also something that, number one, it takes a commitment. It it takes a little bit different mindset of, of thinking at looking at the money and how that money works. And mm-hmm. and you know, when you and I first talked, we started talking about like kind of the you know, the the cost for the the policies and how we put things in there, like that's a kind of a big pill to swallow, I think sometimes. It's you gotta wrap your head around, well, how does that work and what is the value of it and what do you get from it? And how does it force you to, to save and how does it build value and how does it and how can you then utilize it? So you have to have a, you know, really a mind, a mindset or a, a, a different way of thinking. Mm-hmm. So when when I looked at at this concept, it made there, there were a lot of tenants that made a lot of sense to me. But then, you know, it took a little bit of, of you know, some of our conversations. It took some some reading. Um, it took some looking at things, you know, uh, you know, to, to kind of get my mind wrapped around it. And then, and then even once I was in it and I started funding my first policy, writing those checks, huh? (laughs) even if I started funding that first policy and actually moved some of my savings into the policy, it then took a while to kind of then start to figure out like, how do I really use this thing? And I mean, I've taken, you know, I've done some policy loans and that kind of stuff. And we actively use my policy, moving money, um, in and out of it and doing different things with it as opportunities come up or as we look to, you know, move our, our path along on this on this 10 year plan that we're on. Yeah, that, let me if I can. Sure. You know, um, how long ago was it that you that y'all went to Europe? And so where are we at on the 10 year plan? So we are about. Um, so we are. About six years on the 10 year plan. OK, now. It's kind of shifted with life events. Um, so it started out as a ten-year plan. We're still very comfortable in general with our with the ten-year plan. Um, of if if ultimately I wanted to walk away from corporate America, we could. We are looking at, you know, we do some things on the side and different stuff that, you know, could, you know, could supplement. Well, they supplement today our, our regular income, but we also, you know, but then one of the things that changed was. When we went to Europe and we started the 10-year plan, we didn't have children. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a very expensive topic right there, yeah. Candy. <laughs> um, so we didn't have children and life events changed to now where we have three children. And it, um, it, it was, um, so it, instead of it being a 10-year plan, it's more now like a 12-year plan, but it's still, we're still moving very fast very much forward with you know the the debt consolidation we're also you know and and eliminating the debt um but also looking at you know how do we build build things and you know the when i say that this is a very big part of our foundation um so 
there's there's five in our family. Everybody in the family has a policy now. Um, it's taken us a while to get there, so um, almost six years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, You're moving right along to me. I well, you know, I'm just saying. My policy is is very active. Um, it's it's now you know, a little over five years in, in age, it's working. Um, I do have some policy loans that are still outstanding out there on it. I, you know, I move money in and out of it, but I've used it for a lot of different stuff. Um, it's it's my my primary vault of, of our family bank. Mm-hmm. Um, then, you know, my better half's policy is now a year old. Uh, it actually turned a year on her birthday, which was April 27th. We must have backdated to save age. <laughs> we, we backdated it. We backdated it a little bit, but um, but it it's now a year old. Um, and then the kids' policies turn a year. Um, well, my eldest child's policy uh, it's two and a half years old. The two youngest kids' policies are now almost a year old. They'll be a year old in in June. So um, we've been, and we put, you know, for her policy, we've. Um, We've structured it in a way that you know it it's starting to get going. We just I just wrote a uh, kind of a top off check to to top it off as far as filling up the paid additional PUA premium right up to PUA, the MEC limit. Paid it up <laughs> and put the money in. You know, and that was one of the things when you when we were originally getting into this. You you know you always told me you said we can write this stuff and we can get it to where you can never fill it up all the way, you know, get to where, you know, there's, there's room to, to do stuff. And that's, that's one of the very cool things about these, these policies is you, you can put extra into them and then they build more value. Um, so we, you know, I just, well, five days before her birthday, I wrote a, I, I got on the, the online portal and just had them do a bank draft of, yep. you know, here's the max amount that, that Carol said I could put in it. So just, uh, just Carol's a service in the yes, front. Yes, Carol's great. Carol, every... Um, and, um, you know, and then with the kids' policies, they're not they're not as... They don't have a lot of room in them um, because, the, you know, the two children... Two of, our, two of my children are younger, so they're they're kind of smaller policies. And, Ky, and Kylie, my eldest daughter, her policy is, is a little bit more flexible. It has a little bit more room in it. But the nice thing about this is I can start to... You know, I can I can put some money in there, say, and it's a savings vehicle for them right now. That you know, when they hit into elder life events, so you know, when when they both when they all turn eighteen, they're going to have some set aside that they could you know that they could take a policy loan on to you know either look at you know buying a new car or um, that that would or, be sixteen, wouldn't it? Once they get their car. <laughs> But I she, get it. She, they'll she drive your six, car for a couple she, of years. She turns sixteen next year or next month. So, um, but so we're, we're but yeah, it's um, it. But there's there's things that. Um, but as far as like having having a a source of of money that they could use if they choose to, and and one of the things that we've been trying to teach them is the value of money and the value of the dollar, um, but also understanding that you have to it's a really big concept in our house of protecting what we have. Mm-hmm. So this fits really well into that of, you know, you, you don't want to be wasteful. You don't want to, you know, you want to respect the way that, that, you know, the, the money and the wealth comes in, you know, from either a job or, or, you know, that kind of thing and working really hard for what you have, but also protecting what you have. 
And this is one of those concepts that, you know, we they know they each know that they have um, they have a, they have a regular bank account, but they also know that they have these policies that are there to for the future. Um, and it's you know, and with the with my teenager, we have started going through some of the concepts of, you know, at some point, you know, you're going to have the ability to borrow against this, but if you borrow against it, you need to pay it back. And you know, the the idea of of taking small loans to finance whatever she needs to do. And I mean, when she's 18, it'll be at a point where there's gonna be a little bit of money there. And if she takes care of it, you know, when she's 25 and 30 and mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, it, it the way it continues to grow, there'll be more money there for her to do, you know, things like putting down payments on houses or, you know, if she wants to- uh, Don't skip over college and call, those hairy-legged well, boys that show and up. And all you that know, stuff. And, we, they should have their own money, right? They should have their own money. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want her to have the same life lessons that, that her mom and I had sure. where we had to cover for, for other individuals. Um, but there, there is a, but it's, it's an idea of trying to, uh, of trying to instill in, in not only them, but then, you know, we teach these concepts and we, we have the conversations about what does the family have and what does the family do from an expense perspective. So then that starts to build their knowledge. So when they have their own families and that kind of stuff, they know how to protect that kind of stuff. And it was, it was really interesting this, um, this year, my, my eldest, she's, she's a freshman in high school. One of the things that she, she's going through right now is they, is she had to do a financial exercise and start to, you know, like if I was to move out of house today, what would it look like? And we started going through, you know, like all these things. And like, she started figuring up like apartment costs and the cost for, you know, electricity and, and water and all, you know, all of the things. And, and then we, we said, okay, this is just based upon work. And, and going and earning a dollar, earning earning the money. But let's take a step back. Let's really look at your true picture of, and let's, so we folded in some of these other conversations of, well, you also have these sources and these other things that we have set up for you that you don't quite fully understand yet, but it does help with your overall picture. So you don't have to go, you know, into, you know, if you don't want to have to do an apartment, well, maybe you did a house versus an apartment. Mm-hmm. And a mortgage is like this versus mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you protect your life insurance policy, you could borrow against that policy. You have, you know, ten, twenty thousand dollars in there that you can go get a house versus getting an apartment. Yeah. So it changes your mind as far as thinking about you build the value in, in these things and then you can borrow against them. You can protect them. Um, ultimately, it's you, you don't have to go talk to a loan officer. You don't have to talk to anybody to get the money, um, and it's a guaranteed loan. It's I mean it's the ultimate guaranteed loan as far as you know the death benefit's going to pay it out at the end of the at the end of the time, and you can choose when you pay it back. So like for her to to be able to sit down and have that discussion with her and say, look, you know you can go get a hundred thousand dollar home. You know, with a ten thousand dollar upfront, you know, down payment, and you know, you can have these kind of payments, which are much cheaper than an apartment, yeah. or you know, those kind of things, or or work toward you know, or you can do the you know, or if you don't want to go work for McDonald's or don't want to go work for the grocery store or don't want to work for, you know, you could use this money to set up your own business or or those kind of things. So it's it's a lot of fun to kind of have those discussions and and kind of teach that to to the next generation. But that's that's kind of where we're at with the ten-year plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, 
so when you when you return from Europe and you're looking at you know a ten year plan in retirement mm-hmm. and then you embrace the idea of the potential of real estate and then that was about the same time then you discovered the infinite banking concept mm-hmm. um, so do you um, did you did you get involved in real estate at the same time or I, I did get in it, it seems like maybe infinite banking became or it's executed first or the infinite banking was executed first um with real estate i spent a lot of time doing a lot of education um from a real estate perspective um i i kind of did the circuit i think a lot of us who kind of get into real estate and i still would consider myself i kind of dabble in real estate it's not something that um i try to do um, I try to keep myself moving forward from a real estate perspective every year. I try to do at least one thing in a real estate space that keeps me moving forward. Um, but I'm also I'm also not in a race. And and I know some people you know get into real estate and they're like, well, I'm going to just go over. You know, I'm going to go. You know, I've got this much of money. I'm going to go get four houses, or I'm going to go get this. I'm going to go get this. Yeah. I'm going to get leveraged. Um, Hundred doors in ten years. Yeah, you know, ten years. You know, off all these doors. different. You know, and, and get a lot going, and 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 when I first started, I kind of kicked myself because I was like, "Well, I should be pushing myself harder. I should be pushing myself," and that stressed me out. And then I kind of, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things. Like, there's points in your life where I think you have really strong realizations, and it was one of those things. I was, we were actually on another international vacation. We were in Belize, and I was snorkeling on the first day after, so first day of vacation, snorkeling, and like everything that's going through my head is like all of the things that I left at home. Yep. As far as, well, I should be doing this, I should be doing that, I shouldn't be here doing this. Typical and, American, right? And, and literally, I stopped in the middle of the ocean and just sat there for five minutes, face in the water, and I'm like, hey, these are my businesses. These are my things. If I, if I don't, you know, I don't care if my, you know, my, my coach or my guru or whoever I'm working with, you know, says I should, you know, like that undue pressure of I need to push, push, push. <laughs> I got to a point. I'm just like, you know, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to use. I, I'm going to set a pace that's good for me. That's good for my family. And. And then I'm not going to stress about it. I have enough stress with my regular job. I have enough stress with, with you know, our family life. I have enough stress with everything else that I don't need to put this extra undue pressure on myself. And and this is something I check myself all the time on because I I am a go getter and I will, and I also have kind of the shiny squirrel syndrome sometimes that I'll see something I'm like ooh, that'd be really cool to invest in. Yeah, fear of missing out. I think and, I suffer it, from that. And it's, but it's also one of those things that I have to check myself of. Okay, we put together a plan. We've got, you know, these are the steps I'm taking and real estate's important in there and there are and I do try to do deals um as you know, as they come along and as they make sense and sometimes they are you know, sometimes they're deals that are in, you know, one of the things with with my my old retirement accounts, I did roll them into where I have a self-directed, you know, retirement account that I can use to to do real estate deals, so I do have that kind of, so I have some of that happening like in a, in like a Roth IRA kind of situation. Um, but I've also used, and this was one of the things that um, that that I think is is kind of cool, is I have used 
my infinite my policy to help fund real estate deals as well. Perfect. So, you know, one of the deals that I'm I'm kind of proud of, and this was one of those where, you know, it doesn't take a lot of capital in some real estate deals. I mean, some real estate deals, you'll come across them and they're, they, they only require a very small amount of money in order to get into them or to take control of them or, or what have you. And they don't always happen like this, but one of the deals that kind of fell into my lap was one of our really good friends uh, purchased a house in in 2017. It was a, a remodeled flip house that you know had good bones. Was in a um, is is on the North Texas side of things, and she she bought the house, um, got into it, and then in 2018 she decided that she didn't like being a homeowner, and she had an opportunity to move to Alaska. Well, okay. Now at that time wasn't very much equity in the home. She was kind of upside, from a market perspective, she could have sold the house and would have been basically a break even on selling the house, but pretty much what she was looking for was she wanted to get wanted to get out of the house and wanted to be able to have money to do her relocation to, to Alaska. She knew that, you know, and we, we're very, in my circle of friends, we're very, you know, open about what we do and that kind of stuff, and she knew that I did some real estate. So she was asking me about, you know, could you maybe help me sell my house or, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and ultimately what we came to a decision on was to do what's called a subject to um, deal, which basically means that I was going to take over her existing mortgage and start making the mortgage payments on it. And we would, we would do the pay, the, the paperwork in, in the way that, that my ownership of the house was subject to her existing mortgage. And I was going to give her, you know, a, a bit of money to help with her, to, to basically help with her relocation expenses um, because she was looking at, you know, several thousand dollars of relocation expenses um, that she didn't have the money saved. And, you know, she was good with the deal of, you know, it looks good. It still looks good on her credit as long as I pay the, sure. pay the mortgage. So it's win-win for her from that perspective. And, it was just changing the uh, the ownership of the house um, through you know some legal paperwork and that kind of stuff. So when I talk about you know, and, and this is something that, that even Nelson talks about is there are times in our life that opportunities come up that we don't always realize are going to knock on your door. And this was one of those opportunities. We were literally sitting in a in a restaurant having a fam- you know having a family dinner. We're kind of talking about this, and it's a Friday evening. We had the deal done before the end of that dinner, <laughs> you know, as yeah. far as, mm-hmm. but, you know, it was one of those things. Like I had some money in savings, but I had more money sitting in my, in my life insurance. So what I did was I got on the, got, we worked out the high level deal of what that was, um, turned around that evening, went on the little online portal and said, I need a, a policy loan of, you know, this amount of money. They sent it to me, and, and and when I say like this amount of money, it was, I, I want to say it was like either a policy loan of like five thousand or seven thousand dollars. You got the deal done. We got the deal done. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, and and that's a lot of money. I don't care. You know, I mean, I don't I mean, care who you are. That's a lot of money to like. Here, let me take advantage of this yeah. opportunity. And um, but it's one of those things. Like it was a policy loan from from the policy. We we set up the deal. And 
and now I have ownership of a, of a property that we've been able to rent out. It's now being used by, um, by a family member that is now in that home and it's gonna be his home for a while. Um, so long term, they paying rent. They're paying rent, <laughs> Just which you know. And again, that was one of those things. Like I am somewhat glad that I didn't take some of the actions, like trying to over leverage myself yeah. from the real estate perspective, and kind of moved in a slow pace, especially with what has happened over the last year, and knowing where some of my friends and some of my my colleagues in the real estate space have had issues where you know they haven't had tenants paying rent. They've been over leveraged on their mortgage payments, you know, and are in a heap of hurt. Whereas by taking it kind of slow and by using mm-hmm. and by making sure that I have different types of access to liquidity that I've been able to, to go through the COVID thing without any, you know, without really having any kind of major issues. I actually made the decision to not rent my place for six months because I didn't want to, yeah. I didn't know what was happening. So like I had a renter that left the property right before everything happened. So they, they left the property and at the end of February, you know, in March, this thing hit wow. full swing yeah. and I, I didn't have anybody in it until, you know, or, or didn't really have, I kind of just kept it, held it and was able to use, you know, different things in order to keep it, you know, the biz, it's under a business name. So that property, you know, it had some, some business savings, but I was also able to take some, you know, move things around and make sure that we were covered. So you had plenty of access to capital. Plenty of access. control of that deal. Yeah. There you go. What's that word? The, no, the, the, the ability to maintain control of a deal. It, it, Where can that show up on a life insurance illustration? How can you explain that oh, to your best friend or, you know, your brother? I mean, I'm just saying. Yeah. It, and that's the hard part is like, having somebody understand you know the cash values within the policy and understand how that policy can grow over time um you know that's that's something you you really have to sit down and and work through the numbers and say you know this is what i what i put in here and uh, it's um you know but at the end of the day like it's a massive like that was a it, it could be a massive windfall for my family when you think about like when i look at my 10 year plan uh, being able to to say, well, we pulled the trigger on this thing that didn't walk out the door, and it's all because we had already kind of saved a little bit through through the policy, um, and uh, and that's now an asset that I can pass down for you know as long as we protect it. Cash flowing, appreciating asset. Cash flowing, real property. Uh-huh. You know, I. I equated many times in the past if we consider real estate for a minute and i like real estate and you know not everybody does i'm a poor landlord um but why real estate you know it's real property right it's uh has some tax advantages yeah it should appreciate if it you're should. doing your job and it should cash flow mm-hmm. and then there's a deferred benefit someday you're going to sell it currently we enjoy a step up in basis but you know you give the politicians enough time and they'll eliminate private property but currently there's like i said a deferred benefit you're either going to sell it you're going to give it away or there will be a step up in basis and if you compare those characteristics and i probably missed one or two and you look at life insurance oh it's real property it's a private asset. It's an appreciating asset. It's a cash flowing asset. And there's a 
deferred benefit. You know, nobody's mm-hmm. getting out of here alive. We're all going to graduate. It, it, exactly. And it's, and there's preferential tax treatment. Um, so they combined, they work very well. They, they work very well together. Um, but, it, you know, I think one of the cool things about, about having this is, you know, I didn't have to go, you don't have to go talk to anybody about what do I want to do. Yeah, you didn't have to call me, did you? I didn't have to call you. You didn't have to call my office. Nope. You only call every now and then to say hi, and I appreciate well, that. I'm just saying. You know, and, and I mean, you I, didn't have to ask anybody at the home office. Can I please have that? I mean, we're all gentlemen and polite, you know, and civil, and I'm just, you know, it's okay to thank you and please, but and, and I mean, you were given orders. Send me a check. I want this much. Yeah, right. And and literally, it's like thirty seconds on the on the internet. I mean, it's it's so don't fast. overdo it, man. These mutual companies are like <laughs> they can barely operate in the 21st century with technology. Sometimes I, I mean, I love. No, them, I, I, it's, it's 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 there are some things that could be upgraded on the portal, but right. it, you know, but it's it. And and it's not that I don't have a good relationship with my banker, right? Sure. You know, I mean, I, yeah. I you know, and I know that I probably could have gone to the bank and filled out, you know, the paperwork and got a, you know, and he'd have taken the deal to the loan committee, the loan on, you know, you but. Know. Cough up two years yeah. of income and assets and, you know, tax returns. To, but I didn't have to do that. And it was right. nice to be able to say, you know, hey, I can do this. And it's not going to really, because it's it's money that I'm not always looking at, right? So it's, it's not like I'm taking it out of my savings account. I'm taking it out of a place that's still, even though I've taken that money from there, the company thinks it's still there, so it continues. Yeah, and to, to be grow. clear, you've you've well, the cash value. Yes, is is sitting there growing as we speak. This is Saturday. Markets are closed. Right, your your values are going up, even though there's a loan against the cash value. Yes. So you've just taken an asset and collateralized it. And so we're using the life insurance company's money, but the policy because you own non-direct recognition policies or policies with a non-direct recognition company, which just means that the companies that you own pay dividends regardless if there's an outstanding loan. And in the infinite banking world, you know, there's a big, you know, not a big, but it's a a, a topic of contention potentially. Um, And I just say it does make a difference. Is it at the end of the world? No. As long as the company pays a dividend, you know, there are some companies that they say they're going to pay a dividend, and they illustrate that they're going to pay a dividend, but then what they actually pay is like pretty weak. So, not to mm-hmm. stray too far off, but you've got an asset that is getting better and better every day by every the year. mere existence, mm-hmm. and then you're leveraging that asset on demand, not subject to the market conditions of real estate or any other market valuation. That's right? yep. a guaranteed loan. Why? The lender, the life insurance company, is guaranteeing the underlying asset, the cash value. I mean, so you just tell them where to send the check. That's right. That's pretty dang powerful. It is. It is. It is very powerful. And, you know, like I said, we've used it for different things. So and again, it's nice to be able to if there's something that I want to do, be it, you know, do a real estate deal or, you know, do well. I've, I've, you know, I've taken a loan on, um, I've taken, I've taken a loan out before to, you know, well, okay, there's this thing called Bitcoin out there. 
Well, I'll tell oh, you, you, you borrowed <laughs> cash against your cash value and bought Bitcoin? Bought a little bit. You know, I thought. <laughs> it doesn't take much when it, it, it goes up. What know, is it? It was 50, kind of that FOMO. Eight, yeah, 70, yeah. I don't know. It's like. You know, kind of that FOMO thing. You know, I don't have a whole lot, but, you know, I did put a couple of thousand dollars. <laughs> you know, and it's. Everybody wants to know when. And if you bought it back in, why wouldn't you buy it now? Uh, it's going to 400. Yeah, I'm know. just talking. I know. I know. Um, got a little, but it was also one of those things like, you know, I. I, I did make there when when I dabbled in it. I probably should have did a little bit more research into the, you know, into the crypto and and looked a little. I should have bought XRP. Should have bought a couple <laughs> things, you know, and and it's one of those like it. But the nice thing is, is it, it, like having that ownership of not having to, not having to go go ask somebody to, to use whatever I want to do. Like to me, that's a huge freedom thing, right? Like if, if we, you know, we like to go travel, we like to do different things. We like to, you know, and, and one of the things that I also have really taken from this journey is, you know, I've, I've listened to Nelson a couple of different times. I've listened, I've been to several of the different, you know, um, you know, seminars and different things that, that y'all have hosted. I've, I've listened, you know, I've, I've watched the, the, some of the podcasts I've read quite a few books around this concept um, and it's and it's also given me ideas of how to also leverage some of these things that you know you got to save for anyway and you have to pay for anyway so like like last year the last loan that I took was kind of it's kind of a funny one um, every year we have to pay property taxes and every year we have to pay um, insurance on our home, right? Well, one of the things that my, my house got to a point where had enough equity built into it that I got rid of the, the escrow account and got rid of that extra, you know, that, and, and, you know, a lot of times first time home buyers are like, you, you need the escrow account, you need to have that protection and that kind of stuff. But then you start really thinking about it. Well, it, an escrow account is just a savings account that, that the mortgage companies opened up for you. And then they put certain rules about how much money has to sit in that that account. They're not out there shopping the insurance. They're not out there nope. trying to lower the homeowners, you know, homeowners taxes. They're not doing the homestead stuff at your county or any of that kind of stuff. I was doing that stuff. And at the end of the day, it's two checks, right? It's a check, you know, at it's a it's a it's a check, you know, the insurance company is a check to the county. I can write two checks. I I'm fully capable to do that. So one of the things that I, I used my policy last year for was we we got into a, a situation where we got a we like to travel, we like to use hotel points, we like yep. to use, you know, that kind of stuff. So what we did was, well, I'm gonna run up this this credit card to get yep. these big bonus, you know, yep. of you know, fifty thousand miles, hundred and fifty thousand miles, whatever it is. Yeah. Hold, float that money for 30 days. It didn't pay any interest. Didn't huh. pay any interest. To them, anyway. To them. And then take a policy loan, pay it right back, you know, as far as when, when it's comfortable. So that was one of the things that we did. We actually increased our, you know, I look at those as a currency as well. It's not a money currency, but it's a, it's a currency to be able to exchange for, you know, hotel and flights and that kind of stuff. And if COVID hadn't hit, we would have been using those last year. But right. you know, it 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 is one of those things that 
having that access where I don't have to go say, well, what I want to do is float this thing and kind of work it out, you know, just ask for the policy loan and they send it right to you. So it's really, you know, once you, uh, you know, you, you, you pay the premium, you know, and you, mm -hmm. you understand the mechanics or of how your policy works and the, it, and the ease. It's, it's a fine, it's a financing vehicle that, is really nice to have. And, you know, we, like I said, we exercise through my policy quite a bit. And I, I send money in, I take money out, you know, as we need it for different things. Um, the the newer, the newest vehicle that we bought, we did half of it through the policy as well. Um, you know, that was one of those things. So like, that's why that loan kind of, the loan balance kind of fluctuates in there because I, you know, I pay, I repay and then I pull and, um, but again, it's it's using that vehicle to do different things that I need to do. You know, when we looked at a vehicle, we went from a fam like I said, we went from a family of two to a family of five in a pretty pretty <laughs> that third row seating pretty quick. <laughs> we, we needed that third row. Like when we were a family of three, it wasn't so bad. Right. But when we got to a family of five, um, I I had to go finance yeah. you know finance a pretty large vehicle. And um, you spend a lot of money nowadays on vehicles. <laughs> the, them uh, them ones that have the you know when you start looking at that bigger vehicle that has a good size third third yeah. seat like you're talking a 40-ish 50-ish you know yeah. kind of you know kind of thing and well part of what we did was we we ran money and we pulled part of it out um to to get the payment to where it made sense for us i love that we did the same thing a couple of years ago i mean our family's not growing but you know my wanted the third row and perfect i don't care i want her to have everything that she wants you know so we go shopping and and uh we wound up with a chevrolet product and mm -hmm. there were no deals on it right because chevrolet's thinking oh this is going to take over the world mm -hmm. and be the best seller in the automobile industry and you know and i'm like whatever <clears throat> so um you know this is probably the third or fourth car we financed since probably more than that but um doing the deal you know going in there doing the deal with the with the f and i guy you know he's like well <clears throat> you know here's your like one 2.9 i think is what the interest rate was and so you know we bought the car right and and i bought i don't generally but i bought an extended warranty on that because mm -hmm. it has a european auto stop at a red light yeah that two years later, I discovered you can turn that on and off. I didn't know that. Oh, you know how to you know how to do that? <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> you know, it's I my wife's car. I don't I even hate drive that it. Thing. I, uh, me too. It, but yeah, I have that on my new one. It's that it, auto. The stop. first time I experienced that, I was in Austria with Nelson. I'm sitting in the front of the taxi, right, and 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 the car's dying at the stoplight, and I'm like, I'm gonna have to get out and walk, you know. But um, okay, so we we buy the car. And I got a hard time. I, didn't, and I don't know that I've ever even really talked about this on an episode. But uh, it was like 2.9% uh, financing. And, uh, you know, we we financed the down payment. <clears throat> and I was talking to a couple of clients and friends afterwards. And they're like, well, James, why are you going to borrow money at five? Right. When they were going to finance it at 2.9. You know, I'm like, well, you know, I financed the down payment. And, but, but why didn't you finance the whole thing with their money, right? And then you have the uh, the uh, mental gymnastics and the argument, how much of the problem do you want to be a participatory in, you know? Because mm -hmm. if we go to the bank 
and I'm not disparaging local lenders at all. Um, but the money doesn't exist. If you go borrow money, it doesn't exist until you sign your John Henry on it. Mm-hmm. Right. So you, you and I, we create the inflation yep. whenever we sign our name. So you're part of the problem if you borrow money. Whether you feel good or bad about that, or and I'm not even being judgmental. I know that I'm part of the problem when I borrow money, right? And Nelson said it took him, it would take the average bear 14 years to get rid of the snakes and dragons. You know, it took him 14 years to get rid of the snakes and dragons. So he was relating himself as the average bear, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So in defense, you know, I'm I'm talking to the uh, my friends, and they're like giving me a hard time kind of questioning not really a hard time but it's okay to be challenged you know it's like you your family y'all are very open in your circle of friends i mean that's you know iron sharpens iron and mm-hmm. and i appreciate that so I, a couple of them were really giving me a hard time and others were just explaining and it really got down to this this is where it got down and you alluded to it a minute ago this is my wife's car she wants what she wants. I mean, they had they drove this in from East Texas, particular color and the model. And I mean, there was two in the country kind mm-hmm. of a deal. And um, so here's how we determined how much we were going to pay down. Right, we paid a pretty good amount down, and then I didn't finance the uh, the extended warranty with them at two point nine. I borrowed against life insurance policies from the insurance company. And then people are saying, well, why would you go borrow at five when you could borrow at 2.9? And I understand that I'm being part of the problem. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to maintain control. Ultimately, that's my primary goal is to maintain control and then to take advantage of every opportunity that presents itself. And I'm a firm believer because it's what I've come to believe that. Practicing the infinite banking concept over time elevates and heightens your ability to even recognize an opportunity because everything walking down the street is not an opportunity. You go to all the real estate deals you want to. Every deal that's presented is not an opportunity. Exactly. Right. Okay. So, and here's how it got down to uh, and I, you know, I've got the HP 12C downloaded on my phone. You know, I can calculate even uneven cash flows and blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, Jana. Just like the old school F&I guy. What would you like your monthly payment to be? And we're not financing it, you know, for six or seven years. It's 48 months, that's it, at the most. Where would you like your payment? She told me where she wanted her payment, and it was higher than the previous car we financed because of taxes and inflation and whatever. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so that's her payment. So how much do I have to pay down to get that payment? Right, and then I'm going to add additional interest on that. So that's how we determined it's how much, you know, we wanted well, to find it. You know, it's one of those kind of things like I it, it hurts my heart. I mean, I grew up that, you know, five years was a long time to finance a car. Man, when I was growing up, cars couldn't outlast that note. Yeah. Is it, you and, know, and I grew up, my daddy was and, in the car business. And so. that's one of those things, you know, like so like when I see these things that like we're going to finance you for, you know. 72 months. 72, 84. (laughs) No, 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 no. Right. 60 is the limit for me. I mean, you know, I, I, and, but I mean, cars are crazy now as far as like, you know, and that was, that was part of our decision was, hey, I don't want to have a five, six, $700, you know, car payment. You know, I want to have a nice, easy, I think it's like 320 something car payment you know and I want that and I want to be sure that because the other thing that I do is I have this I have this financial program that 
that I can go in there and I can say, okay, it's this, it's this, it's this. And then it tells me based upon my income and, and what's coming in the door, what, you know, it's kind of like a, they call it a GPS thing. And, you know, but it's one of these that kind of helps you from a debt perspective, like, and you can go in and you can put in and play, you know, like if I buy a car at this or that, if I went in and put in a six or $700 payment, it then would tell me, well, you're sitting at, you know, 5.8 years or six, you know, yep. six years to pay off your, your debt. Well, now it's 13 years or yep. 14 years or, and, and those are decisions that we take into consideration, especially when we're buying, you know, cars yep. or taking out, you know, looking at, you know, you know, I see these things is like, well, you could get this kind of loan. Well, if I do this kind of loan, well, put it in the little program because sometimes I'm not, you know, I could probably figure it out in Excel or something like that. But, sure. I, you know, I have this other little thing that I work through and every decision we put through the program. And again, that's one of our things that keeps us on track, cost us a little money for that financial software. It's not free, but it's yeah. one of those that we found a lot of value and we plug everything into mm -hmm. it. I've got my premium payments, you know, my life insurance payments every month budgeted in there. I've got my, you know, car payments, my house payments, my electric bill, my phone bill, all of that stuff goes in there. And anytime we make a financial decision, we put it in there, we test it out, make sure that it's going to do what we want to do and that it doesn't take us off of that longer term yeah. plan. Right. Because ultimately that's the goal is the long term plan and being able to, to get where we want to go. Have you I mean, I'm just asking, sure. um, do you have the cash values that calculated into that program in any way? Uh, I don't. I periodically will go in there and look at like, because it, it does kind of look to the future. Like I also look like, you know, what if I was to shift the, so right now, like the, like my loan balance is in there as far as like what I do owe, um, the, to, to pay back if I want to pay it back. Mm -hmm. It's, it's in there. Um, but it's, it's at the end of all of the other debts, yep. so it doesn't start until. I'm glad you said it because that's kind of where I was going. There's lots of software, <clears throat> you know. There's all kinds of marketing programs, and I'm not anti-marketing. Um, just personal philosophy is I, I uh, subscribe to like got it from Jim Rohn. It made sense to me. It's attraction rather than promotion. So I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm a salesman, a father, mm -hmm. you know, a brother. You know, I'm just saying that, like in previously, you know, every now and then somebody says, "Oh, James, you're a great salesman," and it's almost like an insult sometimes. Sometimes it's a compliment, but you know, yeah, okay, but well, I'm also a husband. You know, I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. You know, yeah. I'm a, anyway. Um, so I don't want to disparage marketing. I'm not talking about that, but the smoke and mirrors kind of presentations I loathe. I cannot stand them, and and I'm like. Sometimes I get angry if I have to hang around them or I can't get them off of me when it comes to the infinite banking concept. So having said all that, this is what I want to say. There's lots of programs out there. Mm -hmm. People, you know, run Excel spreadsheets and they do all kinds of machinations to to trying to convey or demonstrate the the how good life insurance is when you borrow against it yeah. to get out of debt. And that is one thing that you can absolutely do with capital is get out of debt. No kidding. Okay. Um, yep. So um, it's very difficult, though, to clearly, honestly, without manipulating, straightforward, demonstrate on an Excel spreadsheet really what's going on with debt over time. Um, but, and I'm getting to this point where 
you know, a, a popular financial gurus, you know, promote get out of debt. No question, the debtor is servant to the lender. Mm-hmm. No question. No question. And the biggest cause of uh, stress is financial. Right? And the biggest result of stress is poor health, divorce, depression, suicide, and every other terrible mm-hmm. thing. So I'm not, you know, uh, diminishing how important it is. It's vitally important to be out of debt. Yes. Right. Okay. So if the world is telling me that I need to stop everything that I'm doing as far as savings or investing other than five or $600 or whatever, and then pour all of my income into debt. And so what is income? Mm. I'm exchanging my God-given abilities, talent, yep. strength, time, hope, energy, intellect for this income. And I'm probably taking away from my family time to do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take all of that and, and dedicate it to debt so I can become debt-free. So then I can become or begin to save so I don't wind up in that position sometime in the future. Sounds good. Takes a lot of discipline, and you didn't accumulate the debt because you had uber discipline. And I'm not saying that discipline. If you don't have discipline, Nelson, you say you might as well go dig a hole and jump jump in it and have someone cover you up. You're right. Okay. This concept takes discipline. We don't have to use big fancy illustrations, and we don't have to talk about twenty five thousand or fifty thousand or hundred or five hundred thousand dollars in premium. No. You know, consistently setting aside money, i.e., paying a premium. And I and if I can circle back, sure. Whenever you started, you were a one child family or childless. We were childless. Okay. And and I. You don't have to add answer, but did you even have death benefit when you began? So I had some through my company, which Perfect. I think everybody has, you know, or, or most people have most you know, people some have. sort of term something right. you it's, know, that, that covers you while you're employed, employed. right? And, and sometimes a, it's portable, and sometimes so it's it not. Was, it wasn't portable. Um, I had, and then I had a very small, like one of those. Um, a policy my grandma got when I was sure. when I was a, a baby. So it, it would have covered, I think it covers like $2,000. So like it might cover partial funeral expenses. Which right. was probably the cost of a funeral when your grandmother purchased yeah. that. So, right? I mean, so I mean, from a life insurance policy perspective, all I really had really temporary. was temporary. And right. I mean, you know, that's one of those things that, you know, it... Yeah, it's great if I'm working for that company, but if I leave that company, yeah. you know, now the company you get mad, get get fired, yeah, retire, yeah. It goes away. And the closer you get to mortality, the likelihood of that being enforced is nil. Yeah. So in in here, so you know, fast forward. Well, let me say you probably you know uh, had a lot more life insurance than you cared to own originally. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. although more is better than none, or more is better than some. But now, you know, three children later, does that death benefit have a different? It, it uh, has. It has a very different um, kind of connotation as far as so. Number one, I know that if I was to pass, everything that we've got as far as from a debt perspective, 
would be taken care of. Like, I don't have to worry about, you know, is she going to have a house? Is she going to have, is she going to be left with credit card debt? Is she going to be left with student loan debt? Is she going to be left with car debt? And and I mean, we have debt. I mean, we're, we're paying down debt, but it's, you know, we're like, I think we're like every other American family. We've, you know, we've made some bad decisions. We've sure. done some different things and we have debt, but it's, but I'm not stressed about it because I know that Number one, I we have a plan. We we talk about, you know, and I think that's one of the things when they talk about the stress around finances, is folks don't talk about it. They don't they don't make it a part of their regular oh conversation. Oh my gosh, preach! It is a very regular part of our conversation. Not only yeah. with me, but it's also with her. It's with our children. Like, and one of my kind of dark secrets is oh. I, I I coupon too. So like, I look at everything. And, but like with the couponing, like I teach my kids that if I can save $50 or $60 on a grocery bill or a, you know, a CVS bill or whatever bill, well, that's 50 or $60 that we can go buy Six Flags tickets. Yep. So there's, there's, there's an understanding of the value of, of the money and that kind of stuff. So I think when, you know, part of this forced me to also really look and really think about our, our, our finances and I don't I stress about it I, I still stress every month about you know paying the bills and all that kind of stuff but it, it's not like super huge stress yeah. it's you know it's just and I know the money's always there as long as you know as long as we're employed we're bringing stuff in but I'm also not forcing everything to pay down the debt either I'm I'm strategically paying down the debt you know and we are rapidly moving down that path. Mike and I had so much fun, we went a little long, so we're going to cut it here, and we'll pick it up in part two. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on the Banking with Life podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell. Otherwise, join us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher for weekly content.